If there's something strange... In your neighborhood? Who will you call? Ghostbusters! Afterlife. So that's that's the movie. We watched Ghostbusters Afterlife. Hi, this is City Wave Cinema. I'm James. That's... America! Good job. And we watched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and uh, we made a decision. And that decision is we need to stop watching good movies and start watching shitty movies again. Because, once again, we have barely any notes. Yeah. And we're getting to the end of these movies going, God, that was, that was kind of good. Or Dude, I even cr- that was really good. I cried. She did I a weep. She did a, she did a little bit of weeping at the end of this movie. I'm not going to lie to you. And you know what? I I don't have enough bad things to say about it. That it's a good movie, albeit slightly predictable. But like, it's just good. It's well executed. It's cringy in all the places it's supposed to be cringy. It's suave and fun in all the places it's supposed to be suave and fun. There's, people acted their ass off in this movie. People really did act their ass off, including Paul Rudd, who didn't really need to, but did anyway. And you know what? It's just good. So we're going to do probably two short episodes. Again. Again, of just praising Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, uh, I do have some things to say about it. Well, that's good, because I kind of don't. Um, so Begin. We start... With about, and normally I don't, it doesn't bother me as much, but this one, there was so many fucking logos. There were a lot of logos. At the beginning of this fucking movie, and then they did some of them twice, and I was just... There was like the Braun Media or whatever. Yeah, Braun Media and Capital or something. I don't remember. But they showed two of them twice, and I was just like, why? Like, it got to the end of it, and I was like, the movie started, and I was like, oh, thank fuck. Like, there were just so many logos. There was logos for companies I've never heard of. Like, I didn't know Ghost Corp was an actual, like, movie studio. studio. Yeah. It's, like, a, under a parent company, but it's a, it's a real thing, apparently. Um, so, so many fucking logos. And then we open up on... It's an opening chase sequence. Yeah, it's a chase sequence. And it is an invisible ghost. I mean, we know it's a ghost because Ghostbusters, but it's an invisible being uh, chasing a... Very shadowy, not Harold Ramis, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Um, If you know Ghostbusters, a lot of this stuff makes sense immediately. If you if this is your introduction to the Ghostbusters movies, honestly, it's not that bad. But the context of having watched the first one at minimum is crucial in some places. Yeah. So um, the first thing that I my first note was these are not your funny 1980s ghosts anymore, and will fuck your shit up because this invisible ghost just slams into his fucking car and rolls his car. It rolls a truck. Yeah, like with it's... With no effort. And it's dense the side of it, rolls it. So, um, that was just kind of my first note. And then 
I also made a note of how many Easter eggs can we put in the first five minutes? Ready, set, go. A thousand. Because there were so many. You can put a thousand Easter eggs in the um, first five minutes. There was, we got, and I don't, please forgive me, nerds of the internet, know all the exact names of all the Ghostbusters exact tools, but we have the ghost tracker that we've all seen. The ghost trap. Um, we have the ghost trap. We have the proton cannons. Um... And those are the main the weapons. Big, the big bads. You yeah. uh, get shots of, um, obviously, like James said, um, not, and I never can say his name right, Spengler, Spengler, um, but obviously. Spengler. Is it Spengler? S-P-E-N-G-L-E-R. Yvonne Spengler. Spangler, but obviously not Spangler, because as we all know. Harold Ramis died in 2014. This movie was made in 2020, so... Big sad. Yeah, it was. A, it's kind of um, sad, but like, and I even wrote that was my next note after the Easter eggs was sad fucking opening because they ended up killing off that character, quote unquote. Um, like immediately. Immediately, he dies to the ghost that was chasing him. I have a note about that. What's your note <laughs> about that? I love the opening sequence. It's great up until the point where Yvonne Spengler has his. Last sort of line of defense has failed, and so he's just sitting in his chair, and this demon fog cloud comes down his stairs for some reason. I mean, and rolls up, rolls up behind him, makes this him a threatening snarl, and then sort of dissipates, and then he gets arms that come out of the chair he's sitting in, grab him, and it's a screech, and then a hard cut. So you only see the arms for a second, but the arms and claws that erupt from the chair to kill uh, Yvonne look so shitty (laughs) to my eyes. They look like 1980s bad practical graphics, Like, like like a practical effect. It looks like they built arms to pop out of this chair and grab him, but they built them out of like clay and the tears of orphans uh it just doesn't look pretty and it's kind of distracting because the rest of the movie the effects are fucking phenomenal so to just start with this mediocre sort of ghost deal is a a bit of a disappointment but it, it does improve from there that's my note on that okay that's fair i didn't really notice it so, the only reason I noticed it is because they came out and I was like, did those like not render right the first time they edited the movie? Because it, they looked like claymation coming okay. out of the coming out of the chair and wrapping around him. And I was like, that just looks bad. It doesn't it doesn't seem right. Ooh, sorry Heavens for that Betsy. long pause. I had a yawn. Um Heavens to Betsy. Oh, you got me doing it too, god damn it. Um so we then cut to, to the future. Not that far in the future. We gotta go back to the future, Marty. Not that far. Um, to like a few days later or some sort of something to a <laughs> uh Finn Wolfhard. Doing Finn Wolfhard things. Just being Finn Wolfhard at this S- point. Swearing at adults. Um, I basically... Later on I wrote this note, but I'll put it in now, is how to make money with your movie in the 2020s. Uh, add one Finn Wolfhard. 
had one lo- love interest he doesn't have a shot with for any reason. And, but, uh, and done. done. Money. Oh, and add Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's also in there. Paul Rudd hasn't aged in 30 years. It's He's a fucking mutant. So we have Finn Wolfhard. He's getting his hair cut by his mom. Um, and his sister is causing the power to short out his sister, Phoebe. Um, doing her experiments. She's a scientist. In case they don't hit that over the head with, like... They, like, assault you with the science. She is a scientist. As she'll remind you later on in the movie, she is a scientist. Y'all got that? She's, She's a, a scientist. scientist. In case you missed it th- those times, let me just run it by you again. Phoebe is a scientist. She's also 12. Um, the family is struggling financially. They get evicted out of their apartment. Um, like immediately, too. Which is fine, because turns out their grandfather just died, and they inherited his old house, which is... In Oklahoma. And worse than the place they're living in. By a long shot. But, uh, like a huge long shot. Um, so it's... They uh, end up packing everything up. Driving to the middle of bumfuck nowhere, like Oklahoma. small town USA, as small as you can practically make it. I wonder if that town exists. Let me look real quick. Um, Southern Oklahoma. We get this funny line um, as they're driving up of classic teenage things of like Finn, um, whose character's name I don't really remember because it's just Finn Wolfhard. Um, going there's no bars here and his mom has a funny line of like there better be a bar which i like the mom i think she's funny her uh quippy attitude is great she's not a great mom that's funny because i immediately made a note and i was like oh good the unfortunate mom who can't make ends meet super good also would like alcohol we're just hitting every trope um and we pull up to the after a small tour of the town um pull up to the farm, if you can call it that. You can. You shouldn't, but you can. Um, there's a Bible quote on written on some metal scrap on the outside of the house. A Revelations verse that's very apocalyptic. Um, most Revelations verses are. That's true. Um, I find it always interesting in movies that are more like... Not necessarily standard Christian movies uh, when they put Bible quotes in there, especially because like most Christians don't believe in ghosts or the like spiritual, like I guess like not they do believe in the spiritual plane, but like they don't believe in ghosts or any of that sort of thing. So seeing a Bible quote in there is always just really interesting because just shows that you there are different perspectives on the world. Um. I also, this is my note that says, if you can't already tell which Ghostbusters she is descended from, you are too young from this movie. Like, if you if you can't figure it out in the first ten minutes, who their descendant, like, who their ancestor is, please... You don't deserve it. Please, please go. Please make your exit, watch the first movie, and then come back and talk to me. Um... So we pull up on the house. The house is pretty much a wreck. It's this old farmhouse that hasn't been taken care of. Um, There's no farm. There's no plants. There's no animals. It's just a farmhouse. Uh, And we get some more, like, just part of, like, more 
insight into this really dysfunctional family. A truly like dysfunctional family. The mom is, like I said, not a good mom. Um, she's not very uplifting to her children. I think she tries. Um, she doesn't try hard. But I think she's got an attitude and kind of like a chip on her shoulder that... My dad hated me. Fuck everyone. Yeah, basically. I mean, she doesn't... Say, she. I think she loves her kids, but she doesn't know how to like really be a parent. No, no. Um, and then we get this first of many earthquakes. Um, fun little Richter scale adjustment. Yeah, which brought up a question. How do you properly hide from an earthquake? What is the actual... It it just changed recently. I'll do a quick Googling for you. Because James said under a table is better than a doorway. I, I just said they were closer to the table, so it's a better option fast than a door frame. I say always door frame. No matter what. I think that's the best place to be. It's the structural place in the house. Okay, I'll do a Google. You keep going. All right, so we get this earthquake, um, and I wrote this mom is a bad mom, but she is, like, great to watch. Like, she has lots of funny one-liners, and she's really, the actress is a really good comedic actress. I liked her in the role. Um, but it's at this point, as we go into the diner, um, they go to get dinner at night at the, like, town roller diner it's place. like it's like sonic but if there different. was also eating inside uh kind of like the diner in a cinderella story with hillary duff if you ever watch that it's basically the vibe um you can drive up you can sit in everyone's wearing roller skates so on and so forth but it's in this scene that we see literally every fucking person in town Every single one, side character, like... Side character, main character, doesn't matter. Everyone is an asshole. Every single person in Somerville, Oklahoma, is a monstrous asshole. Including our protagonist. Like, Phoebe's... They're not nice either. Phoebe's a kid, but she's still a fucking asshole. (laughs) Everyone just talks so rudely to each other. I got it, by the way. According to the California Earthquake Authority, your go-to move is to... When an earthquake starts... Drop what you've got, stop what you're doing, hands and knees to stop you from being knocked down. Get to shelter, which is described as a desk or table. If there is not available shelter, next to an interior wall away from windows. Door frames not listed. Hmm. Fascinating. So there's that. Do not do what I did in my first earthquake, uh, which is to stop what you're doing and just look at your friends that are in the room and not do anything. That's not appropriate earthquake emergency reaction. Um, and so I wrote, is everyone in this movie an asshole? And then immediately two seconds later, I wrote the note, yes, yes, everyone it turns out everyone is an asshole. There's a brief moment right before we get to that, because I also have the same note about everyone being an asshole, where we we hit another trope, like, real quick. Just a real quick jab at a trope, where they pull up to the roller place, 
and there's a, a waitress who roller skates out, and there is a quick shot to her roller skates in slow motion, doing a little skid and then carrying on. And then it's a cut to, like, the back of her head. And then it's, like, it's there for, like, a beat. And then it's a cut straight to Finn Wolfhard. And I was like, ah, the classic rollerblade action shot equals boner move. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Finn ends up in an attempt to get closer to the girl, applying for a job at the roller diner. It's not the worst idea. Um, and immediately gets the nickname of Casanova around town because he... Does bad flirting. And swings so hard. He swings for the fence. I, I won't say he misses, but he does swing really hard. He hits like a ground rule single, swinging like it's going to be a home run. Um, we then get our food, go home, and... We're just chilling in Phoebe's room. And a ghost knocks over her chessboard. I made the note of, even the ghosts are assholes. Yes. Because her whole chessboard's, like, set up, all the pieces are where they go, and just off the table and just knocks it down. Just throws that motherfucker down. Um, and then we cut to Finn, who is out in the barn, and, uh... We get the world's best tease, and I will say, like, not, it is exactly that. It is a tease in every literal sense of the word, because for two seconds... You get a flash of the logo of the Ghostbusters logo of Ecto-1. You get, to, like, the just flash, and then Finn's flashlight dies on his, because his phone dies. I had a note about this. This is how good this movie is. My most nitpicky note is in this scene, he turns on his flashlight... And what they did in post-production was they added the iPhone camera shutter noise for when his flashlight turns on. And I was like, that's not the right sound. Is that not what for the sound it you... makes? I don't think so. I think it's the camera shutter that it sounded like. Turn your flashlight on. Turning my volume up, too. We're doing science. That's just a little click. But also, click. to be fair, I updated my phone. That's true. We did just update our I iOS. Let so take, I don't know what it was. Let me let me see if it matches. We'll just take a picture. I think it's the camera shutter sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's the camera shutter sound. Hmm. They put the camera shutter sound in post, which is like... Kudos to getting an iPhone sound, but also you could have gotten the correct iPhone sound. And I mean, that's, that's a testament to how good the movie is. That's my biggest complaint, like, thus far, is that they just straight up used the wrong iPhone sound. And that's such a nitpicky thing. No one gives a fuck whether or not they use the wrong sound. They don't give a fuck. I give a fuck because I'm a complainer. We then cut to the next morning, um, where Phoebe, for some reason, has decided, like, hmm, let's see what's going on here, and, uh, just moves one chess piece and then goes to school, which also- No, 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 because she sets the chessboard up on her nightstand the night before, wakes up to a piece moved. Oh, I She wakes that. up, yes. Yeah, so, so she opens her eyes and is looking directly at the chessboard, and a pawn of the white pieces, one of the pawns, has moved up two spaces. Uh, like an opening move in chess. Okay. And so she thinks to herself, that's fucking weird. And, and then moves the knight. Starts a game of chess. So she goes to school. Um, 
which I really wish I had the ability to write it down. Um, but I want to look it up really quickly because it's the most accurate quote about the American education system that I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I need oh, to. Oh, is it, it just a mockery of the public education system? Uh, it's something. It it was just so good. Um, I need to look it up right now because I just want you guys' best movie quotes from. Uh. Hang on, I'm oh, scrolling. Lord. Um. So we're at the school, and it's just a back and forth dialogue war between the fucking. Also, okay. Here's the thing. There's a lot of weird pretenses in this movie that don't make sense, but if you don't think about them, it doesn't matter. Well, picture this. It's the summer, right? And as far as we know, Phoebe is a fucking genius. And so it doesn't make any sense as to why she would have to go to summer school. But she goes to summer school at the public school that's there now that they've moved there temporarily, question mark. In the meantime, her brother, who we don't know really anything about other than he is horny, uh, has applied for a job, and we don't know it yet, we find out later, but he lied about his age, said he was 17, he's 15, gets the job at the burger joint to pursue his love interests, and it's the summer, so... He's working, that's fine, that's a normal high school thing to do when it's the summer, is to get a job for a quick buck and work. Uh, And she's in summer school, which I don't super get, because in my eyes, right, this is just a personal take and opinion, if you're that kind of genius, you're really good at like geometry, physics, all sorts of science-y stuff, and you want to continue learning about stuff, you don't go to the public school. You just go to a library and snag some textbooks from higher education, right? Like, if I was a genius and I wanted to pursue some advanced study of something over the summer when I'm not in school, because why would I be in school? Because I'm too smart to be in summer school. I would go get a college-level textbook or download it from Harvard or whatever. I can't find it. And I would use that to learn at my own pace, which would be likely ravenous, given my expertise and everything. And she doesn't do that. She goes to public high school for a reason that is not explained. Anyways, I think it's a way to shoehorn Paul Rudd into the movie, because guess who teaches summer school at the public school? Teaches. Oh, he definitely does not teach. It's Paul Rudd. Um, I also made a note of why is she attending summer school, but then we, James, like James said, we uh, get Paul Rudd, who is the quote-unquote teacher of the summer school, and I keep putting, saying it like that because... What's the first thing he does, America? He pulls in a TV wheel cart with a VHS, first of all, oof. Second of all, he just plays Cujo. And actually, a bunch of horror movies were led to believe... <laughs> Um, throughout the course of summer school, and that's his idea of running summer school. So, um, he play he gives the definition of Cujo, and we get this shot of this other child in the summer school class who is a redhead child who just starts, like, smiling immediately, and I was like, uh, I literally said, the red-haired kid, ha- the red-haired kid has issues. Because he just sat there and was like, yes, murder, dog murder. Yep, yep. Um... 
I'm then sure we meet Podcast. Podcast is the best character in the movie. 100%. Also, like, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, I could have easily seen either uh, Dante Basco or Taylor Lautner being in this role, because they, like, that kid just gave that same vibe. Um, but it was, he's super funny. He's this little kid who's basically always making a podcast at all times. Um, and I immediately wrote that this kid embodies every podcaster because he's like, my podcast, my podcast, my podcast, this podcast. Have you listened to my podcast? Um, (laughs) and then we're just sitting there, um, and we get, uh, quick flash of the movie Cujo, like, we watch it for a couple seconds, and I was like, uh, spoiler alert for the movie Cujo, if you haven't seen it, because that's just in the middle of the this movie. Um, and then there's another earthquake. And I wrote, no one is phased by earthquakes in this town anymore. No, no, no one's tilted by it at all. Like, no one makes an effort to move. No one does anything. They just straight up are like, it's what we're... It's what we're doing right now. It's just happening. Like, no, not a care in the world. Um, I also then wrote that uh, nerds flock together because we follow Phoebe into the teacher, um, teacher's office, and he has a seismograph and is charting the earthquakes and... How they differ from normal earthquakes, which would be volcanic or tectonic plate shifts, and how the seismic lines are different on the um, chart. Yeah, the pattern just doesn't make any sense. Because it has, I mean, science, science, blah, blah, blah. Basically, the pattern looks different than any normal known earthquake, so why would it be doing that and what's causing it is basically the short and long of it. Um, And they immediately become friends because... Nerds flock together. We like our people. Our people make us feel safe. Oops. What are you, what are you doing? That. Just oh, okay. trying to make me look less shiny. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, and then one thing that we learned about Phoebe is that her brother has been telling her to learn jokes to <laughs> uh, make friends easier because she doesn't have a lot of friends. Actually, she has no friends currently. Um, and so she tells this really awful joke it's not good but it's funny i did find a list of every joke she told that's excellent because there's Uh, some bad ones and they're funny and at the end of it she just slow winks like pretty much exactly like that like not fast not like a wink it's like and then he's like did was that a joke and she's like yes that's why i winked and it was just like i said everyone's acting their ass off in this movie and it's so fucking good um, yeah, that quote doesn't exist. I I know it was. It's a shame. It was such a good quote, and I'll I'll have to like go back and watch it and tell you guys. Maybe I, I'll do that I liked break. that wink so much that my note about it is that that wink was in fact incredible and should count for a full ten star review. It was just such a good moment. Like I, in awe, in awe, and impressed. Um, I also would like Phoebe and Sheldon Cooper to meet because. I just wanted, they're either going to love each other or hate each other, and I think either way it would be an incredible thing to watch. So, somewhere in my future I would like Somebody to Somebody make it happen. <laughs> Spend the millions. Which is funny, because James later found out that this actress M- who plays Grace. Phoebe 
has been on Young Sheldon. Yes. So, <laughs> in some universe, they have met. Um, and then we podcast ends up walking Phoebe home after the their gallivant. day at summer school, and they went to the mountain and saw the. They really went all over. They went to the mines. And well, actually, them. no, they didn't go to the mines first, did they? Hang on. Yeah, they went because he was showing her. He showed her the movie theater, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got to go show ghosts? you something." Yeah, and then he they got his little motorized scooter bike and went all went the way to the mining mountain, all the way to the mine, checked out the doors, and then left to go home. And now we're where you are. Yeah. Um, I wrote, I fucking love podcast, and the young acting in this film is phenomenal, which was basically... Lots of really talented kids. It, which was basically this whole, that whole scene was just, podcast has really great one-liners, and he's super funny, um, and the kid's a cute kid, so it all works very well. Um, and then we cut to, uh, Finn Wolfhard. Is that when he and, was doing Yeah, the, he's, uh... he's working on the car. Um, and I wrote just, does everyone in this family have some sort of engineering ability? Yes. Because, like, Phoebe makes all of her inventions, and then Finn Wolfhard's out here being a mechanic. Like, did, can you just inherit engineering brains like that? Yes. Um. Would you believe that that's the first, that's the second thing that podcast has ever done? That kid's done two jobs. One, he was the grandson in the home movie version of The Princess Bride that was made during quarantine. Okay. And two, he did that movie. He okay. hasn't acted in shit else. He's a fucking golden child. He uh, he will go far. He's really good. Um, and then I wrote that... Are we suddenly in Stranger Things right now? Yes. Because... All we get are flashing lights guiding Phoebe around the house. Um, Finn Wolfhard's in it. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> seems seems like I'm in Stranger Things all of a sudden. Like, the Upside Down is trying to contact Phoebe. It's hard to ma- not make those comparisons uh, with Stranger Things being so prominent and Finn Wolfhard being in the show or the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the flashing lights guide... Phoebe to a floor puzzle, um, which is a really cool scene. She sits there and solves it because she's super smart. Not really an issue. We also, it's very safe to assume that the ghost in the house is her grandfather. Because, duh. Oh, yeah. Um, and it keeps playing chess with her. And so, like, it's clearly not a malevolent spirit, whatever it is. Um... And then I, we pull out the ghost trap from the beginning of the movie that we saw the grandfather hide in his house. And I wrote, this is a recipe for releasing something you don't want to release. Big facts. Let me be clear, because I see this happening on TikTok a lot, and I just want to be straight up and honest with y'all right now. <laughs> if you find something buried underwater in a hidden hole in your house and it's a box of some sort don't fucking open it yeah don't it's got weird charms and bones on it I wonder what's inside no fucking stop 
whatever is inside you don't want it. It's not for you. The world is shit enough as it is. We've had a horrible three years now, ever since 2020. Maybe, maybe, if we all just stopped fucking with shit that we weren't supposed to fuck with, it'll all be okay. So, if you find a creepy thing, leave the creepy thing alone. Just You just let that be. Don't touch it. Don't bring it home. If you find it buried, rebury it in the exact same way. Don't fuck with shit. That's my rant. Carry on. Um, she takes it to school. She's showing podcasts what she found. Um, and then the teacher shows it, and he's, like, geeking out because... Because Ghostbusters, let's be clear... This is still a universe where the Ghostbusters are real, and they did real shit in 1984. Shit that people saw on the news. Yep. So. People know that ghosts did exist. It's it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that it's a common thing for people to believe and understand that ghosts exist and have quantifiable evidence of the fact that ghosts exist at all. But then I have to remind myself that this is, in fact, a Ghostbusters movie, and that was a televised thing in the 80s that happened for real, and Ghostbusters was, like, a legitimate company that did legitimate things for real in the 80s. And so it totally makes sense that Paul Rudd's character would stand there and go, holy shit, a ghost trap. That's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. That was so hype in the 80s when I was a kid and the, they did the ghost busting stuff in New York. That was crazy. It was insane to see. I can't believe you got this sick of a replica. And in the same breath of every Gen Xer talking to every Gen Zer, the kids just look at him and go, huh? <laughs> it's like, unfathomably funny. It was just like, what? Like, and, and like, why are you saying these words? And so he goes and he, like, pulls up YouTube and, like, shows him them old clips of, like, the Ghostbusters ads and, like, the newscast and everything of them, like, saving the world. And they're all, like... Like, they get really hype about it, too, because, like I said, nerds nerding over other nerd shit. It just kind of is what happens. Um, but then gonna refer you just previously to my other rant of not fucking with shit they go outside (laughs) and decide to pop this baby open they're gonna pop open the trap because the teacher held the trap and it was smoking little s ghost essence sneaking out there and they're like you know what would be great if we fucked with it if we let the ghost in the ghost trap out yes let's do it right sounds like a good time um i think it sounds great so they take it outside, they hook it up to, because it needs power, it's not, it doesn't, I mean, it's been under the floor for some amount of time, so it's not charged. Um, so they go try to jumpstart it with the school bus, uh, and I wrote, he is a bad teacher, but he is great. Wonderful human, terrible teacher. Super funny. Please don't ever let him near your children. I cannot help but wonder how much of his dialogue was scripted because he did have a line about science being punk rock and that it was a a what was it what did he say a safety pin through the nipple of academia yes that's exactly what he said so you wrote yes, your quote down I, I wrote the quote down 
James wrote his favorite quote down. I did not write mine down. And I thought, that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard, and I never want to hear it again. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they do end up opening the box, um, and a ghost demon explodes out of it and breaks a bunch of shit. And he says, we need to leave. And she's like, Phoebe's like, you're an adult. And he's like, yes, I'm an adult. Who is liable? Let's go. And I was like, the writing in this movie was just so good. <laughs> it's a thing that, and you know what's funny is this shit was written by Dan Aykroyd and fucking one of the other guys, god damn it, who wrote the fucking thing. It, was the, it was the person that died. Was it written by mm -hmm. Dan Aykroyd? And That's Carol what you Davis? told me. So I was like, oh, uh, he was working on this Gil Keenan, Jason Reitman, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis, yeah. So, so he was working on this movie before he passed away. Well, no, okay. Because it's... Uh, now, IMDb gets specific about the credits. Uh, there are five people credited with writing the movie, including Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, uh, and Ivan Reitman, who was the director of the first film. Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote the first film. Uh, all three are credited as writers on this film, but the only people who are credited directly as writers on this film are Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's kid, and Gil Keenan, who is a writer of sorts, I suppose. I bet they were consulting on, like, the writing, though. Oh, yeah, probably. I would still say he had a heavy hand in this probably before he passed away. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then there was some warning that happened, and then they were like, let's make his let's last make project. Woo! Yeah. Um. And so my note after the demon explodes out of the thing is, uh, see, this is what happens when you fuck around and find out. You just don't fuck with shit. Full stop. Um, and he's all, like, they were all like, oh, I wonder what released. And I was like, y'all did a really bad thing. <laughs> Your grandfather died protecting whatever was in that to make sure it didn't get out. And y'all just let it out. Um, what I do love about this movie, though, is that there's no, like, catty nerds or, like, one-upping nerds. Like, all the nerds just have, like, a really mutual respect for each other and their abilities. So, like, podcast doing his podcast thing, Phoebe and her inventions, Finn and his mechanic skills, uh, the teacher and all of his knowledge. Like, they're all just celebrating each other anytime they do something, which is just so rare to see. There's not any competition or bitterness. They're just like, oh my god, that thing you did was really cool, and I did this really cool thing, and it's just really nice to see. Um, then we get this really awkward time of the teacher, whose name I... Gary Gruberson. There it is. Um, trying to hit on Phoebe's mom. He does it successfully. I'm not even... Paul Rudd could stumble his way through a half-drunk sentence, and people would still be like, hmm. I'd let him smash. That's Paul Rudd, dude. Old people suck at relationships is my note. You mean alcoholics? Nah, just old people. Listen, their mom's only personality trait is she tries to be a cool mom and say kind of like half disrespectful things back to her kids. Uh, and she loves boozing. And those are her personality traits as set forth by the movie. It's not, oh, and, it's not uh, a good character. And daddy issues and childhood mm. trauma. Daddy issues, doesn't have a mom, childhood trauma. It's the fucking cornucopia of, well, we don't really have anything interesting to say about you, so... Um, 
We then cut to... The teenagers go to the mountain. Yep, Finn at work, and they invite him to go up to the mountain with them. And they all ride in the back of an El Camino. And all I said was, small town teenagers always get in so much fucking trouble. Yes, that's a stereotype. I stand by what I said. I said what I said. Come at me, because literally, first of all, all the small town teenagers I know consistently do shit like this and just go cause, like, havoc, because... They do hood rat shit. Generally, one person or another is related to the one cop that's in town, and so, like, what you gonna do? It's not like you're going to a big precinct or everything. Everybody knows everybody's parents, so, like, the most you're gonna do is get in trouble at home. The end. I've done hood rat shit in small towns. Um, I've done hood rat shit in big towns. So then we get the scene, the first scene of the mine. The first visual of the mine and what has happened post this release of this demon thing from the ghost trap and what has happened is that there is now a pit of hell for lack of a better term open in the ground i'm gonna counter that by saying it's always been there yeah it's just it's more just active active now yeah because they, he does have the trap set up, so you're right. Yeah, the trap is pre-built in the fucking 90s. Um, and I'm going to leave us with two notes. One is Phoebe going, I wonder what we let out of there. And I wrote, literally, y'all unleash the devil. Because <laughs> it looks like you opened a fucking portal to hell. Yeah. Or activated a portal to hell. Oopsies. And two, the date with the teacher and the mom the nerdy teacher deserves better because that it's a bad date. the mom is toxic it's is all fucking hell not a good date like i understand like love story for the sake of love story in your movie and blah 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 but sh- he deserves better yes waving hand james I did a no-no and I went into the movie trivia in advance. Okay. Uh, meaning during the movie because I just couldn't find fucking notes to write. Um, and I found out that this mom character is maybe not fully, but is partially a telling of the story of the director, Jason Reitman, uh, because he is the son of the guy who did the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And he felt very isolated. They had all these issues between him and his dad. And so they worked that concept into the movie through the various stages of kids having issues with their parents, whether it's the young kids or the mom having daddy issues and an absent mother. Basically, they took all this trauma. And yes, it's like a trope and shit and whatever, but they took the director's trauma of existing and wrapped it up into the movie. But I think they like packaged it too nicely because it just ticks every box for uh, bad parent tropes. And that's not to say that a trope isn't a real thing. A trope is like a stereotype. It's always based in some small foundation of truth somewhere. All tropes are like that. So to have the character trope of Finn Wolfhard's a horny little kid and there's uh, obviously tension and weird dynamics between parents and adults in parents and kids in the movie. It speaks to real life while also being cliche because life is cliche. So don't discount that. 
all this to be said that it is your, not your job to fix people. And if someone is toxic, please don't be in a relationship with them. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.